magical place we could go. So close your eyes and make a wish for the skies with the angriest, flappiest birds and the seas with ridiculous fish. The Dutch Arcade Show is here again. Hey guys, what is up and welcome to the Touch Arcade Show episode number 516. Uh, We got a time crunch today, so if the episode just suddenly stops... This is like uh, Speed, the the movie Speed. If the episode just abruptly stops, we both exploded. Um, Also, I hope my mic didn't catch my burps, otherwise it was slink burp Jared introing. I I didn't hear it, so maybe maybe our listeners will go back and very closely pay attention, enhance the audio on that part. Yeah. Um, So we have a little less than an hour. I don't think I can even go an hour because uh, my big news this week is that our kids got COVID. Oh, um, no, both of them? Both of them. Oh, and um, man, that sucks. How old is your youngest yeah. now? Like just a couple months, right? Four and a half months. Yikes. Yeah. Four and a half months and then almost three. And um, the younger one got it first. So first of all, we figured out like they went to see their cousins last Friday. Um, Playing, close contact, whatever. Both the cousins who are four um, like to hold the baby and stuff like that. So lots of close contact. Um, later that night, Pam's sister was like, uh, one of the boys not feeling good, whatever. Um, they tested him the next day and he was positive for COVID. So it was like, Oh great. The boys were just playing together. Um, so Saturday night, everything seemed fine. Sunday night is when it kind of seemed like the baby wasn't doing great and he didn't sleep well through the night, which he normally does sleep pretty well. Um, woke up a bunch of times and then was starting to get really hot. Um, and then uh, Monday woke up, he was definitely burning up. And so we gave him some Tylenol. We called the advice line, figured out what to do, which at this point they're like, you just stay home and manage it and hope it doesn't get worse. Call, <laughs> you know, if he stops breathing or something, call an ambulance. <laughs> like that's where they're at with everything. Cause it's like, don't come in. Like do yeah. not come in if all you have is COVID. <laughs> like you have to be dying from it to come in. Yeah. A, a buddy um, of mine, um, who is just really weird about anything to do with like medical stuff. It was very nonsensical. Mm-hmm. Um, thought he had COVID. So he went yeah. and sat in a hospital waiting room for like hours to be seen. Really? And you know, after like sitting an ER? Yeah. And after sitting there for a while, I was like, yeah, I don't know. These people look like a lot. It's more fucked up than I, I do. I'm just going to go home. <laughs> I was like, so you're afraid yeah. you had COVID. So you went and spent the day like, at the place that you is most likely to have COVID, like what the fuck is wrong yeah. with you? He's like, well, I don't know if I had it or not, but I have it now. Yeah, <laughs> bug chasing COVID. I have it. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, it's a scary situation because kids just getting regular sick is scary. But then if you suspect it might be COVID, you're like, oh god, that's extra scary. But also, I think COVID has kind of evolved to a point now where it's not as severe as it was in the beginning. Um, and a lot of people are getting it and then recovering similar to having a cold or flu or something like that. You actually hear more stories about like kids being extra resilient against it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I think it's still probably, uh, 
pretty unsafe for like elderly or immunocompromised people or whatever. But um, so anyway, you're still scared when it's a four month old baby getting sick and having a fever and the doctor being sort of like, well, I hope it doesn't get worse. Yeah. Um, yeah the so, other shitty thing about all this stuff too, is that like I've had, um, I've had friends who, uh, this year or maybe early last year or late last year, I don't remember. But it was like their grandma had like, you know, grandma medical issues, right. Went to the hospital for yeah. a couple of days, got COVID at the hospital yeah, and then died of COVID. Yeah. You know, it, when they went in for, I don't know, like it's normal old people. You should you know, have just hunkered down for the, gr- the grandma problems. Handle them at home or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bummer. It's scary. But, um, so anyway, the little guy was, um, sick for like a couple of days. He had the fever. It never got past the point of being, you know, just elevated. It wasn't like, um, emergency room danger zone temperature. Um, and then he slept real good one night and woke up and was just like, fine, no fever, no nothing. He was in good spirits again and stuff. So I think it was like, two and a half days total that he was like sick. Um, and then the toddler, he didn't show any signs of anything. He was fine this whole time while his brother was sick. So we were like, Oh weird. Maybe he dodged it. Um, but then just as soon as the the baby got good, he started showing symptoms. Um, and then one same thing overnight, he woke up and was Mm. not good. He was a million degrees. And, um, so we're like, okay, so he got it probably. Um, thankfully his thing was only about a day and a half. He had like one, he had that night he woke up and then that next day, all day long, he was just sick and in bed. We let him watch TV all day and just chill out. And then that night, um, I don't remember that he woke up all that much, but then by the next day he was okay again with, in terms of like fever and stuff. Um, so his actually passed through a lot quicker and now both of them are pretty much back to normal. So that's good. But, um, so we tested, so the exposure was Friday. We waited the five days to test. So we tested on Wednesday and both of them tested positive. And then Pam and I both tested negative huh. and we were in very close proximity to these kids and they sneeze on you and everything, you know? So it's like, we were both like, I'm sure we're all going to get it. Um, so that was encouraging that we tested negative. Um, but now that the boys are back to normal, um, these last couple of days, we've started to feel not so great, nothing major, but it's like my throat's a little sore. I'm definitely out of it. Um, but I don't know if that could just be side products of like not getting a lot of sleep yeah. this week because you're up dealing with the kids and stuff. So yeah, see, like, it's hard I, to tell. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like I, like when I was in Chicago for a while, like there was definitely like a day or two where, I just generally felt shitty and like wasn't sleeping good and Mm -hmm. everything else. But like, I don't know if I had COVID or just like was sleeping on someone's couch in a you know, cold environment that I'm not used to, you know, kind of thing. And my sister came down here for, uh, Christmas and she actually like tested positive while she was here and Lindsay and Mm -hmm. I were just fine. So I don't know if that's like a result of us being boosted uh, yeah. like us potentially already like getting COVID, but it being so mild that we didn't even realize it or, yeah, you know, like yeah. what the situation was. Yeah. Our plan right now is to retest on Monday because that's enough and kids got better. Make sure it's out of their system, but then also double check with us to see if we have it or whatever. But I also kind of want to test earlier to know if I have it now. 
Um, cause I feel like that would be useful information, but, um, we don't, we only have so many of those home tests. So, yeah, and it's so um, weird how it, like, again, you know, you have this like, uh, Omicron variant and it was like very concerning to everyone for like, you know, 10 days maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now it's just like, well, I mean, at least here in Tennessee, man, it is business as usual. Like, yeah, you know, concerts going on with no, uh, no check-in or nothing. Like mm-hmm. there's a, a Jimmy Eat world dashboard confessional concert that we kind of want to go to. It's like soon, but it's just like, mm-hmm. man, there's like, it's like these people like get off on like not doing anything yeah. about this. Right. And I yeah. don't know if we're comfortable being around like 2000 people or whatever. How, I don't yeah. know how many people even go to a concert now, but like, right. You know? Yeah. I don't blame you. It's, it's still worrisome going out. I hope that feeling will ever go away. I don't so, know if I'll ever feel normal not being messed up in a store or something. Yeah. Well, speaking of uh, concerts, have you uh, caught wind of the When We Were Young festival that's brewing in Las Vegas? <laughs> I, I'd love to talk I about saw that with like 4,000 bands that you all like cried to in high school. Yeah. Um, like, so, so me personally, like I, I am not really big into music stuff. You know, like I, I think we've talked about it here before. Like I largely <laughs> listen to the same bullshit that I've been listening to since I downloaded the MP3s on Napster. 25 years yeah. ago or whatever, you know, like I yeah. don't discover a lot of new stuff and don't really care to, cause it's just like, I just listen to the same shit and Spotify knows my taste really well. So like, you know, they'll just like mix in like other Goldfinger songs that I don't listen to quite as much <laughs> and stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. but so this, when, when we were young thing like popped up and it was just like a poster with like, it's like, uh, I think the best way that I've come up with describe it to people is like, it's, uh, early 2000s FM radio, the concert, right? Yeah, it's like every sure. single fucking band um, that you remember from yeah. 20 years ago is at this music festival. Um, yeah, it's nuts. And like it, a lot of people have like been losing their minds for like trying to figure out how it's going to work because there's like 65 bands or something like that on this on this flyer. Yeah. yeah and yeah. you know, there's like all these people like theory crafting about like, how are they going to even do this? Like this is a one day, 11 yeah. hour festival, like, yeah. you know, with My Chemical Romance and Paramore headlining it. So if they yeah. if they both get standard like 90 minute sets, that means That's every not, other band plays yeah. like three songs. Yeah. Well, so I'm looking at the flyer right now. It actually says second show added, um, but same lineup. So it sounds like they're not splitting the bands between two different days. But, um, you know, if it was something like Warped Tour, they'll have like three stages and it'll be like yeah, more, Warped smaller Tour bands will be on the smaller stages. Like, huh? Warped Tour takes place over fucking three days. Right. Or but actually, it's also, more than that. There's, there was four stages, the last Warped Tour. And so... They split them all up and it kind of sucks because you have to like go through and be like, okay, what bands do I care about seeing and when are they playing? And if there's any overlap, you have to decide. Um, but yeah, this, this is kind of a funny thing. I mean, it definitely is like the, the early to mid 2000s, like radio lineup. I really want to um, go. Like I don't, there's I don't... a handful of bands I would want to see on this, but there's a, a whole lot more that I don't give a single shit about. Well, so. So the, the other kind of interesting thing that came out of this was that, so I was, um, you know, just like scrolling away on TikTok late at night mm-hmm. last night. Like I do, cause I mm-hmm. apparently I'm just brain damaged, but, um, I think it was the, the Hawthorne Heights guys were like, they were talking about it because like, 
They're, mm-hmm. And their thing was, and I don't remember if it was them specifically, I think it was, but it, one of these other like kind of like lower tier bands that are going to be at this thing, you know? And mm-hmm. they were talking about the genesis of it. And they were just like, yeah, you know, some promoter called us a few months ago. And I was like, hey, do you want to do play this festival in Vegas? Um, you know, it's in October of 2022. You know, mm-hmm. here's what we'll pay you. And they're like, yeah, fuck it, let's go. And didn't really know anything <laughs> about it. And yeah. now they're like, now that all this is getting publicized, you're like, holy fuck, like we're playing with My Chemical Romance? Like, that's yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah so, that's funny. I don't know. I think... Um, uh, It'll it'll be cool. I think it'll be something else. It's, I don't uh, know. I think I think it's either potentially uh, going to be really cool, or it's going to be like the uh, millennial fire festival. Right. I I would not be surprised either way. Um, tickets are two hundred twenty five bucks. Which I don't. Is that a lot for a concert now? I don't know. I don't know. I our warp tour tickets were one twenty five, and that was for the whole weekend or mm-hmm. both days or whatever it was. So. Um. But nowadays things are weird too. Like these bands haven't been touring. They all need money. Promoters all need money. You know what I mean? Like things are just more expensive. So yeah. Anyway, yeah, a pretty wild lineup on that poster. Yeah, I'm definitely interested in seeing how it pans out. Another thing that someone brought up is that like it's potentially possible to cram all these in one day because I guess like some of these music festivals, and I've never seen this myself, but mm-hmm. the stage is actually like um, rotate. Yeah, it's in like three. So imagine like a pizza with yeah. three slices and like each slice mm-hmm. is its own band set up. Mm-hmm. So like one band can be playing while and then it rotates and then they unload that one and then it rotates yeah. again. And they have like the two rotations of time to unload. So there's no the reload. setup time. Yeah. So yeah. it's just like boop, rotate. All right. Next people are out. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool, actually, because like uh, that's what kind of I don't know. I'm not a music festival guy, you know, so this is, doesn't mean a whole lot, but, yeah. but like the amount of downtime is like, okay, well right. now what are we going to do? I don't know. Let's go get a $18 beer, I guess. 30 to 45 minutes between bands is like too much when you have yeah. 40 bands or whatever. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm hungry. Let me get an $80 pizza. Yeah. yeah. Uh, crazy. But, so, but yeah. um, so, so um, anyway, if you go to that, let me know if you get COVID. <laughs> oh, I, I'm sure I will. If I don't already something, uh, it was, uh, there was there's something in the fine print about open mouth kissing is required to get in. Uh, I don't know if they have Carter working the gates, but it's possible. I guess. Yeah, Carter needs to open mouth kiss everyone that attends. Yeah, it says right, right on the bottom of the flyer. You can you have to really zoom in to see it. <laughs> it's the only way. It's the only way you know you can be safe. <laughs> well, so. Um, I guess actually on topic for the show, have you been following the uh, moves in the antitrust stuff surrounding Apple this week? There's been some hot, hot, hot advances. No, I haven't. Why don't you fill me in? Well, so um, I don't know. I guess what's interesting to me about how this is snowballing for Apple is um, there was an email, I think it was Phil Schiller that wrote, I don't remember who, which of the Apple executives wrote it, where they, they mentioned they basically predicted this exact situation where like, you know, it's possible this will eventually grow to the point that like it becomes problematic and, mm-hmm. you know, we, we should to, nip in the bud now. Well, we should. Yeah. So like, it's on our terms. Yeah. But I mean, the way they worded it was very specifically like, like doing this from a position of strength instead right. of like, you know, being told what to do more or less was the yeah, gist of the right. email. And, yeah, I remember that. you know, that was 10 years ago now or whatever. And now, <laughs> you know, the problem is, um, you know, now that so the, the there's a Senate bill that got floated out last year that um, has you know bipartisan support to um, 
what is the name of this bill? It's got some stupid, I don't know, but they, yeah, I remember. yeah, <laughs> it does have a terrible name. So it got, uh, introduced last summer and it's really like a, a, a real simple, um, like simple, like five page law, which, you know, I feel like more, mm-hmm. more laws should be like that. I mean, it's very simple to read and you know, understand okay. everything else like that. It basically says like, you know, after you reach a certain size, you know, which the, I feel like the install numbers were, were high, but not like super high. So very obviously targeting, you know, like Apple and, and Google and stuff like that. You know, you have to allow side loading and, you know, other payment options and, you know, basically all the stuff that Apple's been fighting so hard against. And, mm-hmm. you know, so, so that moved one step forward in the process. So it's actually been, uh, the Senate panel that approves like the very first step. If you remember the, how does a bill become a law from schoolhouse rock? It has made its way onto the, the first step basically to, to get going that way. But what's interesting is that, um, so Illinois is the first state that I've heard of that is also kind of like kickstarting, um, right. No, I think there was one other one. Maybe it was like Arizona or something in the South west i don't remember which but um also kind of kickstarting their own law um mm-hmm. saying that they, that apple needs to allow other payment processors they're going to do business in illinois right. um so i don't know it, it, what's so messy about this is it's like you have there's like so many uh different forces at play here between like all these different like regulatory bodies globally um like trying to get Apple to do different things, which, you know, I probably yeah. should just do just to, you yeah. know, um, and I don't know. It's just wild to me that, that Apple hasn't seen this like huge pressure coming and just yeah. announced like, Hey, you know, like, uh, iOS 15 or whatever, like, you know, really buried in the settings you can turn on, allow, uh, you know, basically like Mac OS with the security thing and preferences where you can, yeah, uh, have, you know, the, the, I'll load up right now and see what the, uh, uh <clears throat> well, they could, it could be accompanied by a very scary pop-up too. It's like, Hey, you're downloading something yeah. we can't verify at all. You could jack up your phone and it's not our fault. We absolve any responsibility for you. Yeah. Doing so, things. so basically, uh, if you don't use a Mac, the, the way that the Mac security settings work is I believe by default, if you just like open it up from the box, like the only thing you can get is stuff from the Mac app store. Right. Right. I and think so too. The you have first, to change it. Yeah. And the first time you download something, like say you go like try to download like transmit or something like that from panic mm-hmm. without getting the app, Mac app store version, it'll tell you like, Hey, you need to go to your security. Uh, this is a, you know, this is not from the app store. You yeah. know, you need to go to the security stuff in your Mac and tell it that you want to allow programs from identified developers because Panic is a you know Apple developer that signs their code you know through Apple and everything right. else. But then you can go you know one step safe. further, and like if you download stuff off like um, you know, like GitHub or any of these other things mm-hmm. that are just kind of like random third party open source stuff, you get like another even more severe warning. That's like hey. Not only is this not from the Mac App Store, but it's also from a developer that is not identified and may not be trusted. Like, you know, are you really sure that you want to run this on your computer, right? right. And, you know, you got to, like, enter your password in a bunch of times and you mm-hmm. know, go through all these different warnings and all this other stuff. And, like, there is – I just find it to be very hard to believe there's going to be, like, that many people – that, you know, on the, even, you know, just iOS removed, right. That on the Mac right now are going to mm-hmm. download some dodgy thing and like, 
you know, enter their password multiple times and like go through all these different warnings about like, Hey, this is, you know, warning, warning, warning. This is, you know, yeah. you should shop in the Mac app store kind of stuff. Like, yeah. <clears throat> I, you know, because at the end of the day, you know, like you've been able to do this on Android forever. But, you know, to most people, Google play is the only place to get apps because like, why would you fuck mm-hmm. around with anything else? Like there's one thing that's on your phone that's easy to use. Yeah. And there's this other way that like shows you all kinds of scary warnings and mm-hmm. everything else. So like, why would you, unless well, you had a good like reason to, too, you know, it's not too different against them fighting the jailbreak stuff all those years ago. Cause it was like the jailbreak community was like a drop in the bucket mm-hmm. compared to all iPhone users. And like, even if every single jailbreaker was like downloading crazy stuff or whatever, it's still like, so it's such an insignificant number. You know what I mean? Um, and, and your average person wasn't going to be like, oh, I want to learn how to jailbreak my phone so I can download this dumb thing. <clears throat> I don't think your average person's going to be like, oh man, I really need to download this outside app to my phone. Let me go look up how to do it or whatever. Yeah. Um, and no, I'm it, sure there's a cross section of people that will, but I think the vast, vast majority of people will never even know that it exists because they just buy stuff from the app store. Yeah. I, uh. I don't know, man. It's just like, and then the other side of this is like, I, I genuinely, I, I tweeted about this, I think yesterday before I genuinely don't understand where this narrative is coming from that. Like if someone is allowed to install third party apps on their phone that like, you know, it's like, Oh, so you could say goodbye to security on iOS. And all this <laughs> stuff. That's not how this yeah. shit works, man. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I, because like, you know, if you, if you're able to download some random thing that's able to like escalate privileges and like take over your phone, like that is an operating system flaw. That mm-hmm. is not, you know, the problem of like, I mean, I guess it's, you know, the malicious app that did it, but like, you know, in, in a modern operating <clears throat> system, like you should not be able to escalate privileges like that. And everything is sandboxed. Yeah. I mean, that's how Mac OS is, you know, like, yeah. I don't know. I, I just like, don't understand. I think probably like, the bigger, I think probably the bigger worry is that, um, it might be more possible for something malicious to be like, Hey, you need to download this app for security reasons. And somebody that doesn't know better is like, okay. And then it's like, Oh, you're going to get these warnings. Just say yes to all of it because otherwise you won't get the app. You know, like, and then they'll fish you for your like login info or whatever. Like sure, I, but that sort of stuff happens on desktop a lot. And yeah, a lot but, of people fall for that kind of thing. But at the same time though, it's like, um, you know, there's a fucking million vectors for someone to do the exact same thing right now. You know, whether it's like a website that, you know, is like paypal.com with two L's or something like that, you know, and like, uh, I mean, it's like endless, you know, so like, I just, it's just like, so it seems like so many of the people are so worked up over this, like are living in this world where they believe that like everything is safe and secure. And this Mm -hmm. is like one thing is what's going to just like push the whole thing over the edge. You're delusional. You're delusional if you think that. I don't know. Um. No, I agree. I, I, I've sort of settled on not caring one way or the other how this goes. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Cause there's been an occasional time where I've been like, man, I really wish I could download something outside the app store. It's frustrating. Yeah. I can't, I want an emulator. I want an app that's not yeah. on the app store, like whatever. And then I get over it and then I don't really care. Um, so I mean, if they change that, I'd be like, Oh, neat. Maybe I'll do that now. But if they don't, I'll be like, well, yeah, I'll just play all the games that I have from the app store that I still haven't finished or, you know, whatever. Like it doesn't really affect my life all that much one way or the other. So but it is fun to watch from the sidelines and see what's going to happen. And I do kind of have a problem with 
there being like a law telling what Apple needs to do, because I feel like the government doesn't understand this stuff on a level well enough to make a good law. You know what I mean? Right. But that, that comes back to my original point of like Apple really, really, really should have been proactive about this because like any kind of like regulatory uh, methods that people, that the fucking government's going to come up with, they're going to be fucked up and probably make it worse. You know, you, you could tell from all the antitrust hearings and stuff like that, like all the, uh, you know, when they had to interview people, all the tech people, the Congress people are just like, you have no idea how <laughs> it yeah. works or anything, you know what I mean? So um, it's like, I don't want there to be a law that's all of a sudden like the dumbest thing ever when Apple could have just been like, okay, look, fine, we're going to implement this to make everyone happy, but we're going to do it our way in a way that makes sense and a way that doesn't like increase you know the chances of bad stuff happening or whatever yeah um i mean you're you're totally right they should have been thinking about this all along imagine if they uh required the friction of like okay you can install third-party apps but you could just have to like download itunes again and like plug your phone in and like that's how you do it yeah like god like no one would fuck with that i mean it'd be like 0.1 percent of people that would do it like it would be the status quo for um, apple for a long time and even now um the the non jailbreak way to get emulators and stuff like that is like exploiting enterprise accounts or like whatever. Um, so like the functionality is there for them to be like, okay, look, if you want an outside app, you can do it, but you have to like get a special certificate. You have to like download a certain thing to your phone, like a profile and, you know, and maybe make it not such a pain in the ass to have to like keep renewing the certificate or whatever, but just make it like an easier process, but still all those steps. Because I, you're, I guarantee you, nobody's going to be like, "Oh, well, let me go get a download a, a profile for my phone." So I yeah. can, you know, but well, the people that want um, that will. Yeah, the uh, um, Riley, the the kid, the the not kid, the, Riley the, tested. The, yeah, yeah. The, the guy that made the um, the Game Boy emulator is so good. He's uh, yeah. what is it called? Alt Store, I think. Alt Store. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like that effectively does that, you know, more or less. But it's just it, like, yeah. He, Kind of, it's it's so far beyond what the typical person is going to be willing to do. Right. Like I just like don't understand why Apple didn't do something similar. You know, where it's like I'd be curious to know his numbers, user numbers for something like has to be like super low. But I know even if it was ten thousand, that's not that many compared to all the iPhones out there. Right. Well, yeah, and and you know, it's like it's the same fucking stupid arguments that people make surrounding like, um, you know, people quitting their jobs because of the vaccine or whatever. You know, or it's yeah. like, oh my god, you know, a hundred people quit Boeing. It's like they employ, you know, fifteen thousand people globally. So who cares? <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, it's right. like the same deal with like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> you know, so a million people want to sideload shit on their phone to make everyone happy and all this like regulatory pressure to go away. It's still like there's billions of iPhones out there. Who gives <laughs> <Yeah>. a shit? <laughs> It's like, so true. I don't know. I just, I just like, I don't know. I, I understand from like a company value perspective, like Apple seems to prioritize control over mm-hmm. anything else. Like even in spite of potentially like their own success or legal drama or whatever else, I get yeah. why they don't want to bend on this, but just, I don't know. It's, yeah. I think it's going to get so much messier by, by them yeah. not doing it how like the right way or, you know, the, the, the Apple way. Yeah. So. Do you hear my dog whining? No. Um, I bought that bar collar that you suggested. Oh, yeah? Is it working? Well, today is the first day I put it on him, though, so I don't know how it's been going. Hmm. But uh, it's pretty cool. I do like that you can customize everything through the app. Yeah. It's really nice. Yeah, it's so, cool. Um, it works out. Yeah. I, uh, so that's Apple's 
Apple uh, antitrust update, I guess. Yeah, I hopefully it's not something where they come up with some really dumb law that forces them to do something really stupid. Yeah. This dog is flipping out. What do you want, dog? Oh, no. Not Jerry's dog. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about the um, the somewhat big news in the gaming world this week. I guess it was kind of a big deal. Yeah, there was some know. like a couple like a couple small companies like decided to team up or something like that. I don't know. It was like barely <laughs> a very minor merger. Um, so the largest video game acquisition in history happened this week. And um, it's funny because I feel like in hindsight, it's like not that surprising, especially um, after uh, Microsoft bought ZeniMax and stuff. <laughs> um, so, which was what, $12 billion or something like that? I don't know, like $8 I billion, was, I think. It, like <laughs> it's like a bargain compared to um, what they just uh, paid for Activision. But, um, so yeah, uh, Microsoft bought Activision Blizzard for $68 billion, um, which is uh, a lot of money, I guess. Um, let's see. So let's see. March twenty one is when Microsoft bought Zenimax for how much? Tell me, tell me, tell no, me. No, it was. I thought it was two thousand nineteen. Uh, it was just last year. Um, Are you sure about that? Oh, September twenty twenty is when they announced it. It closed in April twenty. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. Um, yeah. So to be clear, this this acquisition seven point five billion for Bethesda been, and Zenimax and all that. So wow. Yeah, this has just been announced. It's not finalized or anything like that. No, so, and they don't anticipate. I, the soonest it could even close would be July of this year, but they have until I think June of next year or whatever that whole yeah. year. Um, but anyway, so yeah, uh, I I feel like Microsoft made a really big statement when they bought. Cinemax because that was like whoa okay Elder Scrolls Skyrim um, all the Fallout's um, all the Doom uh, id software stuff you know what I mean like that was a big portfolio of some really popular stuff that plus um, you know Bethesda's the Starfield game which is basically like the upcoming new Elder Scrolls or whatever so um, everyone was like, oh my God, this is crazy. Microsoft just bought their way into having all these games and they're going to make them exclusive and all that stuff. And that's kind of what's happening. They've they've well, honored whatever agreements there were to put those games out on different platforms like Deathloop was a, is a PlayStation exclusive for a year. Uh, even though Microsoft owns that game now, that's how it was set up. And so they're honoring that, which is cool actually. Yeah. Um, a year from now, Deathloop will be on Xbox or I guess nine months from now or whatever. Um, but, you know, the long-term goal of that was like, okay, we're going to have all the the good stuff. It's going to be Xbox exclusive for the most part. Yeah. Well, um, so, I, but I think more specifically, though, like I think people get really wrapped up over kind of thinking through this in a more old school, like Sega versus Nintendo kind of thing. Like I'm yeah. of the opinion that like Xbox's or Microsoft's aspiration is to get fucking everyone on the planet subscribing to office and subscribing to game pass, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. and at, at which point, like, I don't know, but there's going to be, I promise there's going to be some really interesting discussions behind the scenes with like, Hey man, you know, we got Starfield ready to go on PS five. Like, 
You guys mm-hmm. want it, you can have it, but it's a Game Pass game. Like, you know, you yeah. need to allow people to log in on Game Pass on, you know, on the PlayStation. Yeah, I, I think that I wouldn't be surprised at all if that was their long, long term goal is to have Game Pass be the platform. Mm-hmm. And it, it doesn't matter what it's on, even a PlayStation, um, because there was already a lot of talk that sounded pretty plausible about Game Pass coming to Switch yeah, with, or, or cloud gaming, you know what I mean, which would be awesome like wh- how great would the switch be for something like that well maybe not that great because it's wi-fi sucks and whatever but um <laughs> the next switch you know, if just they the actually build it, it with that idea in mind yeah yeah a switch pro that could have a game pass app like you can have on a tablet or a phone or a computer um that would be badass and so if if the playstation store offered a microsoft xbox game pass app like that seems so inconceivable, but so did, you know, Mario and Sonic being in the same game or whatever. Yeah, right, so, right. you know, it's, it's, it makes a lot of sense. And that's Microsoft's goal. They like selling Xboxes for sure, but not at the expense of signing people up to be Game Pass subscribers, I don't think. Right. So, um, I mean, I, I don't know, dude. I'm of the opinion that um, Microsoft would love to get out of the hardware business because, like, Maybe. consoles are expensive in maintaining yeah. physical inventory is expensive. Yeah. Dealing with shipping yeah. is expensive. I mean, like look at how much this generation of console has been hamstrung just because of like COVID and everything mm-hmm. else. Whereas like if, if Microsoft rode game pass, like one level higher, who's like, yeah, mm-hmm. play the shit on whatever you want. We don't care, man. Just sign up. I, I almost know? wonder like if they shouldn't have some sort of convergence between their PC gaming and their console gaming, which they sort of have sort of flirted happening. with. Yeah. Um, but just to outright be like, okay, the Xbox is just a gaming PC that you buy and has really good front end service for people that don't want to mess with PC stuff and has controller support built in. And it basically can be just a console box if you want, or it's a PC that you can do PC stuff on. Well, you decide, but it's like the same box you buy. Yes. So the, the Microsoft first party stuff like works just like that. I mean, like, um, you know, the halo stuff is, is everywhere. Um, it's the That's third true, party yeah. stuff that gets kind of weird and like, and right. you know, I'm sure it's because like the contracts are just truly insane with licensing all these different things for different platforms yeah. and stuff. But like, you know, as Microsoft begins to own all these different studios and doesn't need to deal with those anymore, it's just like, Hey, this is our shit. We can do whatever we want with it. Like right. all that's going to go away. That's so true. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's like what I'm interested <clears throat> in is seeing like what Sony does now, because like, mm-hmm. um, you know, if, if Microsoft is willing to spend $70 billion on something to like supplement game pass, like what's the mm-hmm. limit on that? You know, like is, is EA yeah. next, you know? Right. Cause it could yeah, be. Maybe. Yeah. Well, they're already a pretty heavy partner being, you can get EA pass with game yeah. pass now it's included. I mean, that's pretty tightly wound partnership. So yeah. Well, um, so, so actually Activision's market cap is almost a third more than EA. So EA would be a smaller acquisition than Activision if yeah. they wanted to do it. So it's interesting. Uh, so for a lot of reasons, like for, so for one, I think like as big as a Elder Scrolls or Fallout game is, or even um, the Dooms and Quakes and stuff of the world, as big as those franchises are, they're not Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. And Call of Duty is like the golden goose of Activision for sure. And that's that's saying a lot because Activision had a lot of really popular properties also, you yeah. know, and, and they have a lot of studios that were already under their umbrella working on a lot of really popular, um, you know, series. So it's kind of crazy to think about Call of Duty is just beyond all of that. It's on its own level. It is like household name. Well, I mean, I, people buy and play 
game systems just for Call of Duty yeah, and never buy another game. Definitely, you know, it's great. Definitely me on the Xbox. Yeah. So um, I think when you talk about this and you think like, okay, well, the new Bethesda game is going to be Xbox exclusive. They they played that card, and they when they bought Zenimax. I don't think that's necessarily true about the next Call of Duty. Um, I've seen a lot of different scenarios that all kind of make sense to me where one is a, they're going to drop the yearly call of duty release schedule, which I think is a good thing. I think they should focus one team on one call of duty game and it takes a couple years or whatever. And in the meantime, you supplement it with like a game like Warzone That's just a, a game as a service type thing. Well, also uh, if, if call of duty is only available through game pass, like the whole thing can be operated as a service, you know, like you can have ooh. like the world war two call of duty, which is, perennially updated that's, you can have yeah, the modern warfare call true. of duty that's just always updated and like everything yeah. else you know yeah that's kind of cool to think about um but yeah I, I i don't know i mean i don't think i another scenario would be to like okay the new call of duty comes out and a lot of it is exclusive to xbox for six months or a year or something like that or maybe because that's pretty much the deal they've had with playstation that mm-hmm. activision has had with playstation where call of duty stuff comes out and like they have a bunch of like exclusive items or s- modes or whatever that are exclusive to PlayStation for like six months or something. That happens really frequently with a lot of the content updates for Call of Duty games over the past several years, even going back to like PS4 and stuff. So um, it's not out of the realm to think that Xbox might just do that in reverse. Yeah, I don't um, know though, dude. Like, semi-exclusive I, stuff. It's it's like imagine um, you know like Netflix uh like buying every single person that was involved with game of thrones to make their own like new game of thrones and be like oh by the way it's also be on amazon prime and hulu like i just i don't know i I saw the comparison on twitter yeah yeah, it's like (laughs) it makes a lot of sense but also i don't know if there's anything that could be a turning a, a be something that convinces somebody to download and subscribe to game pass it's a call of duty game right? yeah so like that's more than a, any other right. game i think if somebody was like oh the new elder scrolls game is xbox only but i hate xbox so i won't play that game and it sucks but oh well yeah but call of duty is going to be like i gotta have my call of duty how do i get it i subscribe yeah. to this thing okay cool oh i switch from playstation like whatever um not whatever but you know what i mean i think people would be that would be the thing that would actually get people to switch yeah, um, as I, I don't know to anything else. I just like I, I cannot wait to see what happens with this with regards to like, are they making this a services play or a platform play? You know, where it's like, right. I don't know. In, in the next like year or two, we'll find out with like Starfield and all this other stuff where it's like, yeah, you know, is it a game pass game you play anywhere? Is it a, you yeah. know, oh, you better buy a fucking Xbox. If you want to play this game? Like, I don't know. It's, yeah really really interesting to see what's gonna I, and i don't i don't if you ask me today like put a hundred dollar bet on like how this pans out i have no fucking idea i feel like <laughs> yeah, i could make no. like really good arguments <laughs> for either way like yeah so um yeah no i agree um and then call of duty aside there's just so many um ips that activision owns that are now going to be microsoft and um there was an interview with Phil Spencer where he he sounded like giddy talking about things like bringing Guitar Hero back or, oh, uh, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. So it's like there's I, I think it's going to be I think it's in such better hands under Microsoft because I feel like Microsoft has a more caring cares more about gaming well, before money. They care about money, too. Don't get me wrong. But like I feel like yeah. Activision is very much like I am a business. How do we run this business? 
Yeah. And well, so I think what'll be interesting is, you know, when you're running a subscription-based business, you um your focus is like what can we do to retain people? Not mm-hmm. not whereas like Activision's business is very I mean, they're basically offering the same entertainment product but sold in a very different way, right? Because it's like yeah. Activision's business is like how can we have the biggest splashiest launch on the planet where like you can't walk into a grocery store without knowing that the new Call of Duty is out, right? Because we right, need right. to sell so many copies of this very specific piece of software. Yeah. Whereas like you know, it's entirely possible that like, you know, they could look at the numbers on Game Pass and be like, hey, you know, we got like 10 million people that play Guitar Hero, but like those people have been subscribing for years yeah. only playing this game. So we will update this for eternity kind of thing. Yeah. Know? Think of how good a Guitar Hero in the era of games as services could be too. Right, like right. that's the kind of game that's built for something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I think it's exciting to see to hear Phil Spencer talking about this because he just seems almost like a, a excited from a gamer standpoint yeah. about the possibilities. Well, um, I mean, like you just imagine, you know, his perspective on uh, where Game Pass is going now compared to like even just two years ago. And it was like, yeah, I don't know. We mm-hmm. got this thing called Game Pass. You can subscribe to, you can play the Microsoft's first party stuff and, you know, some mm-hmm. other junky indie games that you've probably already own or played before yeah. or don't care about. Whereas now it's yeah. like, hey, subscribe to Game Pass if you want to play Call of Duty. Like that is so, <laughs> like the value prop overnight got insane. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's pretty nuts. So I don't know. I, I, I just, I don't know how this is going to pan out, but I'm, I'm really excited because like, yeah, because, you know, if they shipped, um, you know, uh, a Guitar Hero or whatever and only sold a few million copies, it's like, all right, well, that was a bomb. But if you have right. a few million people paying you 20 bucks a month or whatever for eternity, like that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, it's pretty nuts. So I don't know, like the the one the one thing that I do find to be potentially concerning about this um, is that you know we've kind of seen this happen with Netflix in a way, and that like you know when they when Netflix started, it was what like ten bucks or something along. I mean, it wasn't expensive. I think so. You know, seven ninety nine maybe. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think it was like eight eight bucks if you just wanted one DVD, and then if you wanted the streaming to which you know there wasn't anything good on yeah. it, but it was like ten or I don't remember. Yeah. It was real, it was, basically half as much as it is now or less, you know? Right. Right. And you know, the problem is that they've, and I don't even know if this is really a problem, but they've like just snowballed so much good stuff that like, mm-hmm. I don't know how you don't subscribe to Netflix now, you right, know, like, right. cause it's like, yeah. they have so many good shows and so many good movies and they release stuff on such a cadence where it's like, they barely even give you the opportunity. Cause like before, like with HBO, I think you could make, um, you know, a real strong argument to like, Hey, just subscribe when the new Game of Thrones comes out, you know, and, and then drop it. Yeah. yeah, and drop it. You drop it three months later. You're you're paying for three months out of the year, and you know, who cares? But yeah. like, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, if if we get a little too far down the path with Game Pass, like it really seems reasonable. Like you can make the argument of like, well, this is just a mandatory thing that you need to have. And yeah. I don't know if that's the best place for the the market to be because then that kind of translates to like. Well, if you're not releasing your game on Game Pass, you've got a major uphill battle ahead of you to get anyone to care. Because, mm-hmm. like, imagine, like, what would it take for you? I mean, because you guys subscribe to a, f- a few of those different services, right? Like, mm-hmm. what would it take mm-hmm. for you to go out right now and buy a boxed movie on disc? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? I, I don't even have a thing that can play it. Well, I guess the Xbox could play a DVD, but I don't have a DVD player anymore. And, but you know but what what's mean? crazy is, like, if you took this exact conversation and, like, put it back in time like i don't know five yeah. years maybe 
It's like, well, yeah. why wouldn't I go buy a Blu-ray? I mean, like, yeah, you know, I, I, I feel like they've been playing that game with the movie industry right now where it's like, oh, guess what? This is only in theaters. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it sometimes it's backfiring where it's like, oh, uh, oh, yeah, I, know, I, I'm not going to the numbers anymore. are I'm terrible not. for this movie. But it's like, yeah, you try to make people go out in a pandemic like yeah. but when you release it in theaters and on streaming, it did like normal numbers or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I don't know. It's crazy. I, as a, as a gamer and somebody who already has game paths, uh, I couldn't be more happy because I have so much yeah. stuff to play for the rest of my life already. And there's just more stuff coming all the time. Yeah. And it's I, crazy. I just think it'll be interesting, uh, how this, like that exact notion of like, no, why would I go buy a, why would I buy yeah. a movie? That's crazy. It's going to sneak right. up on us with games. I really, yeah. I think I think it'll happen without anyone really realizing it, and then it'll be like, "Oh yeah. shit, I can't believe like how dominant Game Pass is." Yeah, yeah, I think that'll be the case, and um, I don't know. It'll be cool. It, there, there was a part of me I was just thinking about this the other day, though. I was like, "Oh man, the PS2 era." Um, you know, I would play the hell out of every game I got because I didn't buy games all that often, and there was only a handful of like really must-have releases a year, and. I kind of miss that too because I feel like I played games more. I feel like I get too much like choice paralysis now when you load up Game Pass and you're like, "Holy shit, where do I even start?" Like, mm-hmm. I need, to, I need to make a list of like games to focus on. Yeah, uh, well, and try right. to play through or whatever. Yeah, but at the same time, I love the ability to just try something out and be like, "I don't really like this." Oh, yeah. cool! I didn't yeah. waste sixty dollars on it. Who cares? Yeah, <laughs> I mean that that reason though is like why I'm excited for the play date, you know, because I think like the idea of like, "Hey, this is the game this week," or however yeah. they're doing it, a is focused, like you know, yeah, really cool. Yeah. It's weird. I guess games are just changing, man. They're yeah. changing. We're all we all got to grow up sometime. Yeah, I guess I don't know, but I, and people get so amped <clears throat> up about how you know this is gonna make everything so much worse. But I, I don't know. I think that there, it's never been easier to make games, it's never been easier to distribute games, it's never been easier yeah. to, you know, I mean, it's hard to get people to buy your game, but as far as like putting up for sale, never been easier. Yeah. Right. And I just think like, as long as there's a customer base of people that like want to play these, like, you know, bespoke one off DRM free indie games that, mm-hmm. you know, are uh, 10 to 50 bucks or whatever that you just buy once, no fucking around. Like those will always yeah. be made. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I think, you know, you see a lot of a lot of people like doing the, the, the skies falling on this stuff. But it's like, no, mm-hmm. I, I think the big budget stuff is just being consolidated. This The small, cool yeah. stuff will always exist outside of it. I think there's probably more opportunity for that stuff to work because um, it's kind of like what Apple Arcade was doing, where it's like in the beginning, Apple's just splashing money out without any regard or whatever. But a lot of games got made that probably weren't going to get made because mm-hmm. of it. Right. Um, and now, you know, I, I doubt Apple Arcade's subscription numbers are great or anything like that, but that's Game Pass's numbers are good. Mm -hmm. And so Game Pass can be like, Hey, we want to make your game. I know that only a quarter million people will play it or whatever. Um, but because we have this ongoing revenue of the whole subscription service, we can make it work so that we can make that small niche of customer happy and then do that with a bunch of littler games that makes all these smaller niches of, of fans happy that they have game pass, you know what I mean? So I feel like that's the dream of Apple arcade that it's not on that level, but game yeah. pass can do it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which I think will be cool. So well, I, I'll, game pass is also free of like the mobile game stigma that you know, I feel like True. keeps a lot of people from even like bothering with Apple arcade, even though there's like really cool shit on there. Yeah. 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 It's frustrating. 
Um, all right, let's wrap things up so you can take your cat to the vet. Uh, yeah. Your jerk cat that yeah, hates everybody. A, a rabies shot. We've got him drugged up and in the container right now. So, oh, really? Yeah, oh, it's good. like the scene in Jurassic Park where they were like giving, uh, yeah. like transporting <laughs> yeah. the raptors, basically. Have, have you had incidents where he scratched the hell out of a vet? Oh, before? yeah, he is not a nice cat. I mean, it is. He is not. No, I hate your cat. And I love cats. So. Yeah, yeah, he sucks. Um, Anywho, uh, thanks, everybody, for listening to this week's episode. Uh, as always, Touch Arcade is primarily supported through our listeners and our readers and our viewers. So if you like what we do, want to see us continue to do that, check out patreon.com forward slash Touch Arcade and consider throwing a little support our way. You can also help us out by visiting toucharcade.com forward slash Amazon before you do any of your Amazon shopping. Um, keep your fingers crossed that I don't have COVID. I'm going to test myself here in the next few days. Um, and if I do have it, uh, let's hope I don't die from it. <laughs> let's hope this isn't the last touch arcade show. Yeah. Um, but anywho, I don't know. I think we've got, um, enough of your audio recorded that would be able to do what they did with like Roger Ebert's and just like use all of yes. it to combine it into like one virtual Jared. Okay. Yeah. Consider this legally binding that you have my permission to use all of my voice clips for any sort of AI project virtual that anybody Jared. wants to do. It's online. Yeah, yeah. Virtual Jared's everywhere. I want to be the new Alexa voice. All right. Oh, oops. I said the A word oh, right at the end. No. I just screwed everybody that's listening to this at home. So um, anyway, on that note, thanks again for listening and we'll see you on another episode of Touch Arcade Show next week. All right. See ya.